Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. You know, this is the time of year uh, we meet with clients and it's required minimum distributions for those people. And there's been some changes over the last several yeah. years. So it's what we refer to as RMD planning. RMD, so required minimum distributions. And it's the one thing that the government demands that you take money out. In fact, if you don't take money mm-hmm. out, the penalties can be pretty severe, yeah. uh, up to 50%. Yeah, this is, I think, a great moment for planning. Right. And we, we do this every year with our clients. And so the if anyone who has a, a rollover IRA, a 403B, a 401K, any of these qualified right. retirement plans. Correct. And they get to a certain age, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute, but they get to a certain age, they have to start taking out what's called the required minimum distributions. Right. So it's not a maximum. They can take more than that, but the government says you have to take this. And so what 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 does that dollar work? I mean, if you have if I have a million dollars in my yeah. retirement account, what do I have to take out? Yeah. So it's approximately. Yeah, it's a table. And so every year it changes, but at your at the beginning of it, when you first turn 72 is the current age, you have to take roughly three to four percent. Okay. Is what that comes out to. So a so million dollars between thirty and forty thousand dollars a year right. to start. Yeah, it's, and as you get older, that percentage becomes a little bit larger as you go up and up. And the idea is that as your account balances come down, the, the amounts get larger, that you have somewhat of an even stream of yeah. payments over your life. And uh, some of the pushback I get from clients is that, why do I have to pay taxes on this? Yes, yeah. And, and, I, and I always have to remind them, I said, listen, you got a tax deduction mm-hmm. when you put money into it. You got a tax deferral. In other words, all the earnings that it made over 30 years or so, mm-hmm. you didn't pay any taxes on that. And the government just says, okay, it's time. It's and, time they, and they it. tell you to take it out. And they want to tax it. Yeah. And they want and to that's, tax it. That's the, the key piece. And that's why planning matters is because one, you want to have enough money for your life. That, right. That's kind of first priority. But two, you're going to get taxed on this. You This is money that you didn't get taxed on when you earned it. You put it into a 401k or some mm-hmm. sort of qualified plan. And now that you're past 72 years old, you have to take it out and it comes out as if it's income. So you're taxed on it. And that's what a lot of people in their retirement, that, that's what they live off of. That's the dynamic they're in. So the, the, what we run into as far as RMD planning, you know, you retired. Great. I don't have right. any income. Okay, this is good. This is good. We're, we're taxing. So it's like cutting the umbilical cord. Yeah, right. it's, hard, it's hard for people. Right. You've cut it. You've retired. You've done it. And now you start your Social Security. Right. Okay, that's coming in. Wonderful. I got a stream of payments. And now I'm taking retirement. Both those can be taxable if you have enough. Um, and, and they start getting to a point where they say, "Hey, I'm I'm making more money than I need." Right. Um, I don't I don't really want more money. I yeah. can I and can I'm reduce my taxes. yeah I can reduce my taxes. Right. Right. I'm paying taxes on this. I don't need it. Can I just delay some of this? And the answer for RMDs at least and Social Security is, is no. Like it, it's coming out to you. Right. You're receiving it. And so the RMD planning, you know, some of it is planning when you're retired. Someone's planning now. We've had some clients. That as they are funding their their retirements, they've been a they've been a good saver. They've put money into these plans. We get to a point and realize you don't need more money in your retirement plan, your qualified plan, because when you get on the other side of seventy two, you're going to have this large amount of taxable income 
that it's, it's nice to have the income, but but it's more than they need, and they're just right. paying extra ta- taxes on it. Yeah. So I mean, we met with a client yesterday. I'm just thinking they had multiple accounts uh, from business as well as previous accounts they rolled over, mm-hmm. but they had like five different accounts. Did they have to take? their required minimum distribution from each one of those accounts? Yeah, that's a great question. We get that a lot. Right. It's most common that people will take the RMD required from each account from that account. From that account. I have 50,000 here, I have 500,000 here, you take a little bit from each. But that's not how the rule is written. What the IRS looks at is your total amount of qualified plans, 403Bs, IRAs, whatever it may be, and adds all that up and says, this is the number that you have to take. And then you can take that all from one account if you prefer to. You could take a little bit from each account, um, we've had some clients that are in some IRA related annuities right. that it makes sense not to touch that money. Right. And so we'll take whatever that value is they're supposed to take out. We'll take it out of a different account. Right. That's still a qualified account and come out. So there's flexibility of which account to use. Um, and there's even flexibility of when to take it during the calendar year. So you that take it monthly, quarterly once, but you have to take it in the penalty if you don't take it, it's 50%. 50% of what you're supposed to take out. It, it could be a pretty steep penalty. Yes, it's a huge penalty. Um, it's so again, starting in, so again, the, the value of your accounts, whatever IRA, it could be a single account or multiple accounts, uh, what we refer to as qualified. Anything where the deposits went into the account and got a tax deduction mm-hmm. for it, and it falls under the, the IRS code for qualified money. You, they determine the value of your account on December 31st of the previous year. Mm-hmm. So the following year then, on January 1, you can start taking out your your RMDs immediately. So it's a it's a divisor, but mm-hmm. you know, we'd, we'd use a percentage because it's a lot easier to kind of calculate that for most people. But it's a dollar amount based upon that value based on December 31st yep. of the previous year. Yep, based on right? your age, yep. And you have to take it out. And for most folks, that's what they're living off of. So it, right. it's fine for them to take it. It's a normal structure. But what we wanted to kind of talk about today is rethinking that a bit, rethinking um, how, you, how you take these things out. You know, what's the best method? And one of them that, that I, is just interesting at the moment, you know, the benefit of these plans right. is that you put the money in, you weren't taxed on it. And then it grows at a certain investment rate, and then you take it out in the future, and then you are right. taxed on that larger amount. Well, the, the concern that people have is, well, if if the tax brackets are lower today, and I'm going to be in a higher tax bracket, or brackets will just be higher 20 years from now, does it still make sense for me to put the money in? And it's a good question. Right. Most people are in their earning years, and so they're in a high tax bracket. And then at some point they retire, their earnings fall off, and now they're in a lower tax bracket as for Social Security and, and RMDs. That's not the case for everybody. There's a number of folks who get pensions, who get very large RMD and retirement funds to where they're, they never really fall into that lower tax bracket. So it becomes a question if you're you know, paying you know, 28% now. And some of the things that you use for deduction, like for example, interest on mortgage yeah. and even the contributions into your retirement plan. Yeah. So when you retire, you no longer have earned income. So you can no longer put money into a retirement plan. So therefore... I've had many clients uh, where they actually had a net increase in net income mm-hmm. after they retired because they were putting the maximum into their 401k, let's say. And by the time we took that out and we looked at their retirement, they were actually making more money in retirement. And they said, how can that be? And I yeah. said, well, you, you've, you've, you've planned well, yeah. but that's just the nature of the beast, so right. to speak. And even same money with just higher taxes, you're in a right. different tax world. And so that planning becomes important, not just right. in... And I'll get there and I'll be fine because, you know, kind of job one is make sure I have enough. Right. But job two is let's be strategic on your your taxes. So one one comment is we always like to do with our clients is think through how much they're putting in to make sure they're not putting in too much. And mm-hmm. for most people, that's not the issue. 
most people you put in more right most of our clients we try to encourage them to put more to max yeah. out their and probably everyone in my generation you know they're in their 30s they're in their early 40s they should probably be contributing it's very For sure very rare that someone at my age would have already put in enough right and we say slow down but somebody in their 50s and perhaps in their 60s that's a conversation to make sure they're not overfunding it um the other one is to when you use it most people wait till 72. That, that's it used to be 70 that was the normal age when you could take so they it. changed the law back in 2019 just yeah. i mean just so you're aware i mean just kind of giving you some facts you're listening to us and yep. watching us on uh youtube but they changed the law back in 2019 so they increased the uh required date so it used to be 70 and a half you had to take them at 70 70, and, 70. Half, yeah. and now they've changed it out to 72 and there's legislation to actually extend it out even a little bit further for some people that are young, younger, like up, up to 75, I think, is what they're looking yeah. at in some of the legislation, right? So the traditional way that you did this is you, if you could, you waited as long as you could to, to take them. That allowed it to grow and avoid those taxes. So you right. waited till 72. Right. But one of the, the the topics of discussion for a lot of clients is, you know, now you're retired, say they're, um, well, let's say they're 67. They just right. retired. They still have a number of years before they have to take any RMDs. But they anticipate the tax brackets are going to increase or tax rates will just increase. And so rather than waiting to 72, which is the traditional knowledge or traditional approach, for some people, it makes sense to start taking the money now. Mm -hmm. You know, get taxed on it now and get the money out of the plan, even though you don't have to start taking some early distributions. Yeah, because I mean, I think some of the logic early on when I started in the career going almost 40 years ago, IRAs, you said, OK, we want to put as much as we can into IRAs. Because your tax bracket is going to be lower when you retire, mm -hmm. so therefore the income that you're receiving. Right. But but in reality, um, you know, we're sitting on almost a thirty-one trillion dollar budget deficit. You know, we have a debt, mm. and we've got all these Medicare and Social Security payments and everything else. And the the people that are contributing into these plans, like for example, um, just take Social Security for matter, uh, for one case, we don't have enough contributions to really hold that plan forever. So that means taxes most likely are going to increase yeah. and we're going to see a sunsetting, you know, during the Trump administration, yeah. they had, they, they kind of reduced the taxes, but that all sunsets in 2025. Yeah. 2025. I mean, that, it feels like this is far <laughs> off thing that that's come up. And, you know, a few years ago, I think the, the general consensus is it'll get extended. Right. You know, that was, that's a, whoever's in the white house, they're going to extend it because this is a great policy. Everyone's enjoying this. To your comments, where we're at in the world today, the the obligations that our country has, you know, that's a real easy way to quote unquote raise taxes without doing anything. Right. Just don't extend it, and then all the tax brackets go back up. And there's been enough case studies that we've looked at. I mean, you, you could if you were receiving about a hundred thousand dollars a year just from your retirement account, um, you would end up paying about another four thousand dollars a year after the sunsetting mm. versus what you were paying prior to that. Mm -hmm. So. You know, the question is, can you do anything to reduce that? And there's yeah. some there's some planning aspects. Right. Um, you know, I, I think the I think the conversation always goes to Roth. Yes. I think for people that are at retirement age or very close to it, Roth is is a really expensive process. Yeah. Now, if you're 30, 40 years of age, it is a logical process. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, a Roth just to kind of make sure everyone knows a Roth, uh Roth IRA is a conversion you can make. You can take a traditional right either a 401k or an IRA, and you convert it to a Roth IRA. And what you do is you basically pay all your taxes right then. You tell the government, I'm going to trigger all my taxes. A Roth IRA is, is nice in that it still stays, the, the interest and the growth is still tax-free. 
except you pay all the taxes when you put the money in or if you do a conversion at that moment. So the benefit being you have paid your taxes now, right. whatever the tax rates are, you lock that in. The money continues to grow in these plans. And when you take it out, you don't have to pay any more taxes because they've already been paid. Right. So if it grows for a number of years, you take out that larger amount, it's still tax-free. But to your comment, we, we've gone through this analysis with a lot of people. So someone in their 60s thinking about retiring, wanting to avoid some future taxes. Because the cost of conversion is immense. It's the taxes. So say yeah. you got a, a 401k with $500,000 in it. It's a half a million dollar for 401k that you retired now, you want to convert it. Right. Well, the IRS treats that as a half a million dollars on top of your current income. That's a huge amount of income tax you now have to pay. So you might have to pay, you know, say $150,000 of taxes. And what you don't want to do for most people is use that plan to pay itself. You want to use separate money in that in that Roth conversion. The amount of time it takes to get back to zero. Mm. By the time you take in $150,000 of, of tax money, that costs you to do the conversion. How long does it take you mm. to get back to the half a million dollars that you started with? Yep. And then you start to grow on top of that. Yeah, again, and that gain for the right, transaction. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so like I said, someone in their 30s, it can make a lot of sense. They probably don't have a half a million dollar IRA to begin with, but it could make sense. But someone in their 60s, the the numbers often don't pencil out. Sometimes they do. But the, the pain of doing it, of saying, I'm going to take $100,000, $150,000 out of a different account to pay these taxes right. is just so painful. And we've, I mean, I've had a lot of conversation with clients that are in their 60s and they're saying, well, what about Roth? I said, okay, let's take a good hard look at it. Mm -hmm. And when I give them the actual numbers, they're saying, well, where does that money come from? I said, well, it comes from your other savings. Mm -hmm. You have either money in the bank or other investments. You mean have to pay in? And when they recognize that they have to pay in to pay that income tax, not from the investment itself, but from another source, I have not had anybody yeah. that says, okay, I want to do it's that. It's usually dead in the water. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it can be a good strategic choice, but uh, yeah, it's hard to do. Uh, you're listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. We're both uh, certified financial planners. I'm also a Cal licensed California attorney. And we work together at Tricor Advisors. We help the clients build the life they love. And we, on this show, we talk through life's hard questions things that, that we get all the time. We want to talk through that. Right. Uh, we've been talking today about RMDs. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and talk some more about that. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. Uh, Jeremiah and I are talking about required minimum distributions and the variances and how do you take them, but also how do you, what we want to talk about now in this segment is talk about the tax ramifications. Mm -hmm. How can you reduce it? And under the current laws, they, they eliminated the stretch provision. In other words, to be able to stretch out the distribution, uh, the required minimum distributions to your children and or other heirs, 
over their lifetime. And uh, the, the law that was passed in 2009 said, nope, you got to take it out over a 10-year period. Mm-hmm. So um, that changes the distribution pattern for very wealthy clients. So yeah. let's, let's kind of talk about that. I mean, there's, yeah, there's I, ways that you can deal with that. Yeah, 2019, they, they changed the laws. And as we go forward, um, the idea that you're just going to keep this money generationally is different. And so right. you kind of need to use it or yeah. you know your kids are going to use it within 10 years. So one that comes up is if someone's charitable mind, charitably minded, you can use some of these things for charities. So they right. call it a qualified or yeah, qualified charitable distribution. Yeah, we refer to it as a QCD. QCD, qualified yeah. charitable distribution. Right. So it's a distribution coming out of your retirement accounts, whether it's an IRA or 401k, it comes out, but instead of going into your pocket, it goes into a charity and you direct where it goes. Right. And the benefit of that is you skip out on having to count that as your income. So for AGI, for all those items that you could you know, bump you up for your taxes, it just gets skipped. So the the advantage, just so that our listeners understand, the advantage of doing a QCD, a qualified charitable deduction, is that you are reducing your, uh, and I don't want to get too technical here, but it's called your IRMA, but it's your earned, it's basically your modified adjusted gross income. And again, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get too technical here, but it's how the government determines your premium for Medicare. Yeah. So if you can drop your income on that first page down to another segment, you drop into another threshold. We we looked at it for a client. If they dropped into the next segment, it would save them about $2,400 a year in premium, mm-hmm. but it would have cost them $60,000 in charitable giving mm-hmm. to get down there. And they looked at me and said, no, I think that's too heavy of a price right. for $2,400. Right. But for people that are making good money, what they're recognizing, I mean, if you're at a party and somebody says, I'm paying $170 a month for my for my my Medicare, that kind of tells you what their income is. Mm. But if somebody says, kind of is real quiet, say, no, I'm paying like $450 a month, that also tells you where their income, because there's mm. brackets. Mm-hmm. Uh, as your income goes higher, you pay more for your Social Security. Yeah. So again, we can you can do a charitable... You can do a QCD mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and reduce your income if it's reasonable. Yeah. And, and for folks who are not charitably minded, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Right. If someone's going to be giving anyways, right. they say, I care about these causes. I care about this aspect of my community. I want to be giving these amounts. It's now become strategic of how you do it. Do you give it out of your bank account? Do you give it out of some stocks you have? Do you give it out of your RMD? And the benefit of giving it out of your RMD is it lowers you know, your, basically your HEI which impacts, impacts a lot of things. So how you do it is, is basically you, you communicate with the plan that, that you're working with, that it's going to go directly to the charity. It can't come through you and go to them. It has to go right. directly over. Right. You can do it up to $100,000. Uh, an interesting tidbit, we're just talking about this, is it used to be 70 when you had to take your RMDs. Now it's pushed to 72. It used to be 70 and a half when you could take a QCD. It's still 70 and a half when you could take a QCD. Yes, they didn't line up together They didn't. they moved it. Which is just odd. I don't know the people. Well, that's the IRS. I mean, come on. I don't know the people would necessarily take it early, but you could. You could take it at 70 and a half. Don't forget your half. But 70 and a half, you can start taking these qualified charitable distributions that go directly to a charity, you know, skip out of your income. And that's a tax planning way to say, I was going to give anyways. Instead of giving out of these accounts, I'm going to give out of this account and avoid. Yeah, and, and and I think, again, you know, just taking your your straight RMDs, if you've not done some tax planning, for some people, this is really critical. I mean, tax planning is not is really important on how you take this money, what you do with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people who want to keep their wealth, in other words, when they pass away, they want to make sure that the total value of their account is going to pass on to their children and they want to get their tax free. Well, there's some strategies to do that. Now, one of them is to buy life insurance. 
This is kind yeah. of a, it's, it's, it's not a common, but for people that are what I consider high net worth and they want to retain the value of their assets. So what they do is they insure it. Yeah. And by taking some of the distributions to buy a life insurance policy, and it's, it has to be like a whole life or an adjustable life. Yeah, something policy. that won't term out or end, right. something that goes to the whole life. Yep. And uh, you can buy this life insurance provided that you can qualify for it. You find a company that'll write it, maybe sometimes more than one. But when you die, life insurance proceeds are tax-free. Mm-hmm. And you still may have some residual distributions that would be taxable to your heirs, but you're getting a lump sum to your heirs of whatever dollar amount you're insuring for it. And the thing that most people need to recognize is that life insurance is tax-free. Yep. You know, it's not subject to income tax. Yeah, the way people do this, I mean, you think of someone who's 75 getting a whole life insurance policy. Those are going to be high premiums. I mean, they might be $20,000 as a premium. And so it's significant amount of money going into this plan. But the idea being when they pass away, You've converted maybe a million dollars in one bucket that's going to be taxable. You pay some taxes on it. You get it into life insurance. Then you receive the family at your death receives a million dollars tax free. So you've kind of transitioned from one to another. For a lot of people, this doesn't make sense. They're not going to pay twenty thousand um, dollars in premiums as they go forward. Right. However, for some, it's yeah. It's some useful. people that have uh, an abundance of wealth and they're trying to retain that wealth within the yeah. family. And trying to figure out how to navigate around the tax ramifications. Another one is setting up beneficiaries that would be in a trust. Yeah, and we've talked about this, like a charitable remainder trust, a charitable it, trust, right? It, it's a it's a really interesting concept. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of planning that has to be done. A lot, of it, yeah, and yeah, and it, lots, you need some good counsel on this one to get these set up. But there's a charitable remainder trust, right? Which means you you dedicate some asset, some amount of money to a charity. You receive the the income stream. Now, this is not well. You're still alive. We're not worried about it. So, if you're still alive and receiving your RMDs, you're receiving your distributions. This is at the time of death. So, this is at time of death. You would name as a contingent beneficiary, you know, uh, not your spouse, but you're down. You know, you're trying to get this money to your mm. kids eventually. So, you would name the children, not the children, but this the CRT as the yeah. contingent, right? Yeah. So they. The, 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 usually the benefit is you get streams of payment for a while and eventually the, the asset, whatever's left, goes to the charity. Right. They make the in- reverse of that is that the charitable lead trust where you're giving the, the assets, the income to the charity, and at the end, the asset comes back to the right. family. So what triggers it is the death of the beneficiary. Hmm. So on a charitable reign or trust, if you're naming very young beneficiaries, you don't get a lot of tax write-off, but you have a stream of income that could last for 30, 40 years. Yeah. And eventually, when the final beneficiary dies, you know the charity is going to get whatever the residual amount is. Yeah. Uh, but it could be a, a way in which to get money to the beneficiaries. Yeah. And you're basically what you're doing is you're sidestepping that ten-year distribution requirement. Yeah. You know, on non-spouse beneficiaries. Right. I I guess I guess what we're getting down to is that you got to plan for this. Yeah. This is not something you just wake up right. one day and hit the button. It's going to happen, right? right? There's a few layers of this. If some people just want to save enough for retirement. Other people want to save enough for a comfortable time. We're talking about people who have saved enough. They've done well. They, they, right. They've done all the things they're supposed to do. But now if, if they just, like you said, wake up one morning, they're going to have more taxes than they ever thought right. they would. But there's just a bit of planning that you can really structure this well to get the, the life that you want, pay reasonable taxes, but not overly paying taxes, and also perhaps fund the family or charities that, that matter to you. So it's a way of being strategic in your retirement years. For folks who have enough and want to really think through the benefits here. And that's, that's a lot of the people we work with, folks who they've done well, they have enough to be strategic about, 
and they can really benefit from thinking through a lot of these items. Yeah. So if you're at a stage right now in your life where you're facing these, you have to be able to take required minimum distributions. I would suggest you give us a contact. Call us at our office, which is 951-684-7011, or simply go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. We'd be more than happy to help you navigate through some of these serious questions and get the best outcome for you. Yeah. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss, send us a message. If uh, you miss any part of this radio episode, you can find us on YouTube. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm.